0: Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast they tried to cancel. My name's David Edgar, I'm your host as ever, and I'm delighted to say this week I'm joined by one of my very favourite guests and favourite people of all, it's Mr Martin Ramsey. Good evening sir, how are we?
1: evening David, very well. Public holiday up here in the city and uh, flat table like that will get you everywhere as you know. I'm <laughs> well, very handsy, but uh, I think you're safe
0: through the medium of Skype. But uh, it was a very pleasant holiday weekend for the Bears. Didn't necessarily feel that way between three and five on Saturday afternoon. Uh, the unusual kickoff time for Rangers, it's probably one of our rarest kickoff times these days. But uh, we headed up to Dundee. But it turned out to be a pretty good weekend overall. I suspect it won't be the last. We're going to talk about the Rangers game in detail, as we always do, but we are going to talk a little bit about the opposition um, that we face this year and whether or not, firstly, it's the opposition that we thought we were going to face and, secondly, what it, it pertains to Rangers. So, um, if you're one of those people who hates mention of a certain other football team on this show, then uh, the first half of the show will probably do you. <laughs> so, you mm-hmm. get a bit of yeah, so, you get to save a bit of time. But, yeah, Rangers up the road to Dundee. Three o'clock kickoff as we say, and... Let's not, let's not try to tell listeners, we never lie to listeners on that and let's not try to tell them that what they watched wasn't what they watched. This was a really poor performance and I watched it at the time, you know, heart and mouth as as always when the game's not done. And then I go back the next day, calm down a bit and I I watch it to to try and see if in fact that was correct or if we were a bit more comfortable than I thought. And I can't say that watching it back, Martin convinced me that... I, they were better than I thought they were. It was an awful lot of self-inflicted errors, or well, all errors or something, but but unpressurised errors. Um, the, the the passing was just that two degrees off, and it put us in trouble. We we were in more danger when one of our defenders had the ball than when Dundee had the ball and Dundee pressed us, got in our faces I I think it's fair to say that that did knock us out of our rhythm tired in the last 20 and that's when Rangers did assert control and actually saw the game out fairly comfortably in all honesty although as I say it didn't feel like that at the time but in terms of winning ugly, it was really ugly
1: Yeah I think that's probably fair I think it's yet another 90 minutes that feels very much in keeping with the start to our season A lot of it was just turgid, not dramatic, just just this kind of middling, um, stirring porridge type of of tempo. Um, We just can't really get going. Some of it, as you say, is just heart in the mouth, unforced errors, um, real vulnerability to some simple football and ideas and execution like um, McDermott Park was and you know these conversations last year clearly this defensive record last year was, was you know on paper incredible I thought we were more susceptible to danger than than that showed and I think that's coming through now obviously some other factors that we can talk about if you want this this year but um, we get punished in Europe last year we get punished in Europe already this year and starting to at times at home although obviously not on, on Saturday so yet again we can we of get away with that but at the other end of of the the spectrum you have this poor performance as you mentioned but with a goal that was sublime mm. and the way that Tav's goal at Medina Park was was impressive in a whole different way that was a fantastic bit of football quick intelligent slick and um, just knowing where each other was that that, that rhythm that we, we we saw so often last season um was super John Lundstrom as a one-off performance um was the kind of thing that you you would nod your head and go right. This is this is something pretty good. Right bottom, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's it's this curates egg thing. <laughs> the the range of what we can do well and what we what we do badly is is getting really really wide in in a lot of these these games so far this season. Um, and I know you want to talk about the the kind of general competition we might face in the general kind of picture of the league. Um, it could lead to quite a weird season if this is the pattern. It's not just a bit of a post-summer that, that wasn't ideal and it's maybe been geared towards something a lot later on, who knows. Um, but but I, I just thought Saturday was in keeping with pretty much everything I've seen so far.
0: I felt that there were good signs in the previous two matches. Uh, Even though it was a draw against Motherwell, I thought Rangers were dominant for an hour and really should have had the game put to bed. It was um, a profligate finish that that cost us that one. Against Livingston, the first half wasn't great, but even so, there were still, I think, three really excellent chances. And then in the second half, Rangers were dominant. So I I began to see bits and bobs and think, right, it's coming. Uh, And the manager spoke about that and said that he feels that it's coming. The goal... On Saturday, as you say, was that? That's that's what this Rangers team is playing through the side, yeah. movement, zipping the ball into dangerous spaces, and and having the trust that Mario Loss will do what he did, and that Aribo will time it, and great finish from from Joe Aribo for the goal. But there wasn't much else in the whole match really that went like that, um, and and that was, I think, the the thing for me. I I felt Rangers. Deserved? Well, not deserved. You never deserve any in football, I suppose. But I thought that if Rangers had got the points against Motherwell by putting it away when they should have, then don't think anyone could have complained. Livingston, we certainly deserved it. Had Dundee got a point mm-hmm. at the weekend, I don't think I could have been saying we we was robbed there. Um, it didn't it didn't feel that way. Now we had a bit of a chat. Uh, our our A group of of podders, and we were trying to figure out something that that Alex Staff asked. We were trying to figure out how many Rangers players have been available so far for every game, because it is only the end of September. I mean, it's, you know, people get injured, we know that, but this is a a strange season, and and we know. And the only one that we could really figure out, and again, I'm sure the listeners will tell us if if we're off, the only kind of first team player, because you could say the likes of Brandon Barker or Stephen Kelly, but Realistically they're not going to feature much By the fact that they have been fit and haven't featured But The only one we could come up with was Stephen Davis And apart from that Everybody has been unavailable For whatever reason so far this season And out of a squad of 26, 27 That is a lot to take And that will disrupt Rhythm Not an excuse because we're Rangers and we still expect to win, and there still should be enough good players in there. But it possibly does explain why it's been so difficult to get any sort of fluency into that eleven.
1: Totally agree. Um, it's over the course of a season, you, you'd be looking at numbers like that, and um, you wouldn't expect anyone to be to be available. But by this point, you would expect more than than one kind of key player. So it, it kind of is a, is a nice uh, little bit of uh, evidence for the really disrupted summer. It's going to be one of those seasons. Um, the, the Covid bubble thing last season was, was kind of manageable when pretty much the country was shut down. That's that's not the state of play now. Um, so Covid is going to be a, a big issue still in this season, I think, in terms of, of, of um, availability. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's far from ideal. But um, we're also having conversations about good rotation, good use of squad um, because I mean ironically, uh, the, the likes of Davis um, being at that age can't be asking him to do everything. Um, you know playing playing every game there are a few players like that. Um, and it's that balance between keeping things fresh and, and being able to use a squad well so that, that you know players aren't running to the ground, not so obvious and predictable. Um, but also try to find some consistency. We can't find consistency for love and the money at the back, uh, which causes problems. Uh, so it's it's a real state of flux. And listen, the takeaway is, of course, we, we've you know, established that, that group stage European football game, not the group that we wanted, but still, it's, it's still uh, an achievement. And um, we're top of the league. And as these little moments in games show that, that that goal from, from Saturday, we have it in us um, to um, to go up the gears, um, at least in theory. You would hope that those gears are more accessible more often as the season goes on and if this is as at our worst, then we should be comfortable. If we can't access those gears, if, it, if it's just a Either a physical issue in terms of fitness, that we just we can't play with that intensity um, anywhere near as often as we did last year, I think it could be very weird.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, we spoke about this on the show last week where this is maybe Rangers playing about 50 60% of what we saw last season. Last season was a freak, right? it's it set records, that yeah. there was a reason for that. And um, we're not going realistically to hit that standard again for a whole season. However, You would think if we went up to even 75% of what we did last season, then we would canter this league because we haven't been anywhere near it. And as you say, we're in a pretty healthy position. I think the big concern at the weekend, you you touched on it earlier, was the defensive vulnerability um, from set pieces, in particular Dundee, who who are decent on set pieces and they got good delivery and that helps. But but I felt any ball into the box was uh, a bit of a worry. And I think the other thing for me was, again, getting done with a simple long ball for the penalty kick. Now, we saw that in Perth, and we saw that a couple of seasons ago when the form collapsed, uh, that we were just getting done with these long balls over the top all the time. What is that? Is that organisation? Is that switching off? Or is it deeper? Is it the fact that last season the front guys would press? There wasn't the time for somebody to look up, see the runner and pick the ball out.
1: I, I, Adam and I spoke briefly about it on Tactics Talk on, on his show on on Patreon. Uh last week. We're simply not as far up the pitch, I don't think, as we we used to be. Uh, we're not pressing and therefore making those decisions easier for, for opposition, making them available, um, because they've got more time in the ball and they can they can just launch. Um Whereas we were just snapping at, at heels and just, just far more industrious, far more energy. Um, opponents just weren't getting any time to, to launch anything. Uh, and you go back to your organisation, a lot of chopping and changing amongst the five, including the goalkeeper. Um, but then, David, it's elementary stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, as you you shouldn't be getting done regularly. I mean, occasionally somebody's going to play a, a World they um, we get that, but these are just simple percentage long balls played over the top. Which Conor Goldson made, who was just had an awful day of decision making. Um, the first half, the header back where he hasn't checked. Um, I think mm-hmm. kind of summed up his day, and we, we got away with that. Second half, he lets the ball bounce, which again, yes, that is my dad. You can hear in the background shouting, <laughs> "You never let the ball bounce," but it's true. For you don't, you don't deal with it. He didn't. He then got enough ankle. Um. And then was was done for the penalty kick, and we 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 could have been punished. Now I do want to touch on this because it's a penalty. I have you know a, a few Rangers fans. I know have said, Well, it was a dive. It was both. It was a foul and a dive. He he makes sure the ref spots it. But it, I thought it was a penalty. I'd want it at the other end. Uh, didn't have many complaints. But it's then this. Need that the media have in Scotland, whether it's a, just a desperate desire to get, well, if we get this as a talking point, that's three days of coverage. And again, that goes back to this reductive thing that we've spoken about about the press coverage, where they're not doing it because there's an inherent value in it, they're doing it to do it. And that's why it becomes worthless because th- there is no justification for it, nobody's interested in it, it's just crap to fill papers. It's not a red card. Never in a million years. And for the the Dundee manager to say it, fair enough, that's sour grapes. Clearly, Um, you understand that. But for him to pick up a red card, for it was bloody stupid. But it's quite clearly an attempt to play the ball. He comes out with his feet, trying to tackle. Doesn't get the ball, gets the man. Had he came out and... Uh, McMullen has gone round him and he grabs his leg which is just a very deliberate cynical, you're not running on, that's a red card, but he came out tackled, didn't get the ball it's a penalty and it's a yellow card, and the idea that it was anything more than that is just blatantly not knowing the rules
1: That's it, Uh, and and listen, things change, that's not how it used to be and it's excusable for your punters in the stands, those watching illegally or legally, um, at home or in pubs or whatever, um, shouting for you know the, the the double jeopardy thing. Because once upon a time it's the same with last man. No such thing as last man, but people still shout, you see it see it all the time. Um it's not a thing anymore. Um mm. but for professional football managers and don't care if if it's silver grapes or not. Silver grapes are complaining about a, a, a slight interpretational issue that, that, that didn't go for you but there were ninety-nine other things that that, that went um wrong and to, to cling on to that is is clearly ridiculous. Just to not know the laws of the game
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, if you're a, a manager, if you're a, a football writer in inverted <laughs> commas um, and if you're a pundit, there's, that's where there's no excuse. You're, you're effectively still the guy in the pub, the old guy um, who doesn't think there should be any more than three subs, or doesn't even know that there's any more than three subs these days, or, or whatever. Um, it's, <laughs> it's some of it will be genuine ignorance, but some of it surely, surely isn't, and it's just deliberate to. You know, stoke up the circus again. They can't not know that because it's yeah,
0: yeah exactly. Um, that's the thing. And and again, I go back to you know when the media complain about how they're perceived in this country. It's because of stuff like this. It's because of what you do has no value. Um, your job, and I know it's only sports reporting. It's not you know they're not out there covering important news stories i get it. it is only football in inverted commas but your job as a reporter is is not to stoke up misinformation it's actually to say yeah oh you might have thought this was apparently but here's why it isn't um, that's your job yeah um your job is to provide that clarity and, and, and educate or it should be or it used to be but yeah I, I don't think we get that anymore but um jason cummings stepped up i like jason cummings right i i i as a former daft boy myself, um, you know, I have sympathy. And I hope he does well in his life. But not when he's hitting a penalty against Rangers, um, to be fair. And John McLaughlin, good save. Did the right thing, which keepers should do when they pick a side, which is keep your legs up, just in case. He did. Um, got a wee bit of luck with a punch. He kind of mispunched it, but it just dropped <laughs> totally kind in his arms. He'd earned that, I think. I think he'd earned that either. Pretty faultless game. Are we? Look... It feels almost sacrilegious to say this, Martin, but he's starting a lot of games at the moment. Are we witnessing a very subtle beginning of a transition for whatever reason?
1: Uh, I think we might be. I think we might be. Um, there were a few murmurs in the Malmo game, wasn't there? Just, well, he looked a wee bit slow there. McGregor, I mean. Uh, he still yeah. he still gives fans confidence. Yeah. Um, and I, I, it's fallen, Sinatra. Isn't it? it it's it's, mm-hmm. it's it's tricky because um, McLaughlin's done very little to to strike fear into a travel and support. Um, he he's been a very solid um, number two. Um, you know, McGregor's nearly my age. You know what I mean? It it it's and it can happen fast, even for keepers. And we know what things are like. Or we sorry we don't know what things are like day by day and we'll put it this way I just don't think they're, they're going to have the uh, the same amount of appearances as they both had last year I wouldn't have thought am not saying it's the absolute handover but uh, I think they'll, they'll share it out now for the traditionalists and for the fans who project their own anxiety everywhere that that causes a bit of concern because we've, we've all been comp- a wee bit on edge about this lack of cohesion and stability with that that back five so does he have to make a choice is this his choice i mean quite possibly i mean these are you know away games in scotland are tough make the difference
0: also Un- under normal, it didn't quite pan out that way, unfortunately, on Saturday. But under normal circumstances, you're thinking this is a game where you need a goalkeeper who might only have one thing to, yeah. to do, which is Alan McGregor's forty. It's what mm. you need to be a great Rangers goalkeeper is the fact that you might have nothing to do all game except one um, brilliant save is required, and you pull it off. And Alan McGregor is an absolute undisputed master of that. So it is interesting. You're absolutely right that he went for McLaughlin again. It might be fitness, but certainly when when Alan McGregor's been interviewed this season, he's he's not given the impression that it's because he feels he's injured.
1: I mean, my recollections is the last year, and know McGregor had, had an issue last year. That's why McLaughlin, one of the reasons why he, he came in, um, because of the, the the very start of the season. But you know, McLaughlin kept the gloves until what Easter Road, really, yeah, and in, in October. So similar kind of stage of the season, McLaughlin was. Was featuring quite a bit. Then we we had the temerity to, to concede two goals or a goal in fact, in a game because uh, we had with that that incredible start in terms of of um, goals conceded. And McGregor came in for the, the the game after that, which after the international break was course at Parkhead, and you know the rest is history. But yeah, maybe too early to to read in, but I'm, I'm sure I'm right in saying that you know Gerard was trusting. McLaughlin with that and and rewarding him really for that good start to the season Um, and it was just that that wobble Easter road and he acted quite decisively whether he will do that or feel the need to do that again we're going to have to wait and see Uh, I don't have I just don't have any any real fears I mean I know McGregor's a a club legend and and last year of course he had his incredible moments Um, but this isn't Goro Maxwell territory no, no. So I'm, I'm all right with that, to be honest. Either way, I'm, I'm i I would, you know, take my place in the stand and be relatively um, secure with that, that that part of the the pitch.
0: No, it was two points he saved. I mean, it really was that simple. It was two points he saved.
1: Um, uh, because
0: I'm not sure I saw us going and getting a second. Had it gone one each, Oop. um, I don't. Well, we didn't go and get a second, even at one Uh The argument is, of course, you don't need to try as hard, but we were trying. It just wasn't quite clicking. Now, on paper, our best front three contains Ruth and Morelos. Absolutely. You'd be off your jump to say anything different, I think. Probably most people would agree, Kent, Morelos, Ruth. Well, of course, but, uh, annoyingly sometimes, isn't played on paper. I'm not quite sure so far, because they're both good players, they're both intelligent players, and they haven't been at their best, so that basically affects it when they're concentrating on their own game. I'm not sure so far, though, that the two of them look like they've gelled, and they didn't play as much last season together as as maybe you might have thought. They, They only started, I think, six or seven matches together last season, and so far this season, they both seem to pop up in the same places quite a lot
1: yeah i mean we, we had this conversation the way back from perth um those are our best three attackers but that means nothing in football it, it, it isn't a dream team it's not fantasy football it's about chemistry and combinations and 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 what works best uh, in the real world i'm far from convinced that they do not entirely sure how he feels Gerard. I mean about the the options he has available Kent's obviously injured Hadji just coming back right in Sakala I I don't think he's fully on board with given a run of games because ideally you're be probably looking at as a combination Kent and Hadji and one of Morelos or Ruth, and it's probably going to be Morelos for for certain games maybe Ruf for, for others um and he's not been in that position to I don't think we go back to your original um, point um, a few minutes ago David about availability I don't know if, if Kent and you have been uh, that available and you know both at the same time so he probably feels he has to do that but it, it, I'm not convinced that it's not about shoehorning there was a moment in Perth where they literally stood on each other. <laughs> Um, so a lot of the same thinking, a lot of the same kind of runs. I think they're very different players, just just physically, and uh, in terms of game intelligence. Um, but they, they they do drift. They do drift into the same kind of positions too often, not all the time, of course. Um, and it's uh that, but that's football management. It, it, it is not about where am I loving best players? Four of those, three of those, three of those, three of those or whatever, and just you know pumping the names in, and uh, away we go. Um, do we have a similar issue with, with Davis and, and Lundstrom that both can play that number six quite nicely indeed, I mean, Davis clearly um, has a, a lot of credit in the bank there, Lundstrom starting to look more the, the real deal there, but can they play together?
0: Well, I, my thought when I saw us go for Lundstrom is he was bought as obviously an important cog and option but long term yeah, he's Davis's replacement. That that was my thought because I think we all felt even in the summer, how long can Stephen yeah. Davis maintain this level of performance? He was astonishingly good last year, but history tells us that players don't tend to keep improving once they hit their mid to late thirties.
1: So that's that's football management right there. It's not about where my best players and just um, selecting them. So it'll be an interesting one. Um two plugs in the same show I can't believe this but but Adam's looking at that this week on his tactics show that that front three and the options we have and what works and what doesn't why and why not um I would clearly the two of them are um uh, great players for us um I think Ruth's probably the the technically best player we, we we have of course he has his issues which means we we Never really see that um to its its full potential at the times, um, and Morelos is Morelos. I mean, he, he will pop up um with something special quite often, like um, Saturday, quality like Saturday, intervention yeah, what for What a goal! Ball, what a ball! Um, and I would love to see them both contributing and dovetailing and, and and gelling um because you know Rangers would be far better for it. I just I just haven't seen it yet, and I. I remain to be convinced, and it will be interesting if we ever have all all those players available. What the manager will do, but this is Rangers, and that means we, you know, that that question will never. It's it's always theoretical. It's going kind to of Schrodinger's selection, and we, we never have our players all available at one time, uh, and therefore we we just making um, or to make, make do. So, um, yeah, well, we seem to just be kind of bumbling on, but I think that's symptomatic again of this this start it really is just coping managing getting through getting the job up the road um but at some point and i think very soon because i think we we have quite a big month or so coming up home games yes but i think those challenges there are challenges there and we're going to have to start finding that that higher gear a lot more consistently or again i think we could get drawn into a very weird season
0: Perfect segue to to what I wanted to discuss, oh, yeah, and that yeah, I did. Uh, I was very impressed with that. You can tell you've done this before. I did want to to discuss it because Sunday afternoon comes. We of course, you know, as, as old Burn fans, your team's won. You look and see how the opposition do, and they make a mess of it again. And my initial thought was Tommy Burns Celtic, because that's exactly what they would do. We would drop two points last week. They would just immediately hand. The advantage back. And what that did, and then we would do it for the last couple of years, um, Gerard's first couple of years with Celtic, that any time they, they offered us a week and a of shaft of light, we would immediately go and walk off the window. And I think that has two two sides to it. On the one hand, what it does is obviously for the team chasing, it's usually dispiriting and disheartening, and it becomes a psychological thing where they begin to believe that they can't do it. And the other thing is for the team at the top, that it allows them a sense of comfort, a sense of being able to relax and play their football because they know if we drop two points today or up three points today, it's not the end of the world because they will soon enough anyway. And you can go on and turn that hugely to your advantage. And I think Rangers did that last season, for example. Mm. But we also know from the 90s that it can also engender a feeling of, ah, we'll be all right, so... You know, you seventy percent of the day, lads, and we'll be fine. And eventually, that bites you on the bum. Not quickly. It took Rangers ten years. I suppose you might argue it took Celtic ten years this time as well. But you need to balance. It's all. I want the team to be relaxed and confident and secure in the knowledge that if they go out and play the football, they don't need to be desperate. That just do what they're good at, and they're going to go and win the title. That I think is a really healthy mentality for a side to have. But you do need to stop it. It's a thin line from lapsing into ah, getting buys enough. And we may find this out this week. We may find it out this season. The big effect that that has, it had on Rangers, it's had recently on Celtic, is you might be right domestically, and you do get away with it, and you do manage to, you know, as long as you can get up for the old farm games, which Rangers have proven that they can do, then you're probably going to be absolutely fine. But then you go into Europe, and all the habits all the sluggishness, all the things that you kept out your game when you were chasing, Mm. they get picked off and punished ruthlessly. Of course, any Rangers fan that lived through our nine in a row knows exactly what I'm talking about, where this team could go out. They could go in the piss that team on the Friday night and and get a result by hooker by crook on Saturday at the weekend. But they went into the European stage and were absolutely ruthlessly exposed for any slackness whatsoever. And it's too early to tell. Obviously, we have made the case for there are excuses, but there are reasons for Rangers not hitting top form as of yet. But the mentality thing, I think, is a question. Um, Only the players can answer it and only results will tell us and performances will tell us how it's been answered. But it is in the back of my mind a wee bit, Martin, that Yeah, I I think you'll need to go some this year, Rangers, to not win the title. I really do. But equally, we've always had higher aspirations at Rangers. This management team has certainly had higher aspirations at Rangers. And I don't want them to be developing habits that, once they're in, are very difficult to shift.
1: Uh, Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, it's been in the back of my mind since the start of the season. I mean, We had this conversation pre-Livingston. I asked the manager... Immediately after the game in Livingston, just about the is the biggest challenge an internal drive one, a question of resetting and you know, finding that hunger again because I, I genuinely think it's far easier said than done, especially by a group of players who aren't serial winners yet, and a lot for a lot of them their first title their first win in football was immensely emotional, and it can be quite satisfying I imagine. Too satisfying, possibly. They just can't rediscover that, that desperate hunger that they showed all all last season. So there's a bit of that, which is normal. Um and I guess it's it's the, the, the challenge of, of sport and football. The league football's all relative. You still win a title if you're just the least worst of anyone else. It is relative to everybody that else that's in the league. We well, have seen Rangers win titles of course, that way, sleepwalk to titles. Now, I don't quite think a lot of 93 um, lot of ninety three, ninety four comparisons, them um, chucked around this season already. But that was a Rangers team that had won five in the span, six and seven years. i have been a ball here away from the Champions League. When well,
0: well, you're never going to get a perfect dead on. But, but you know what
1: I mean. I, I don't think it's a Rangers team that, that should be.
0: Uh resting on its laurels, yeah. Yeah,
1: just just a wee bit um relaxed. Um and don't forget the Rangers by that point in, in ninety three had really crushed the rest of Scottish football. So games were won before a ball was kicked. The gap was massive. Um I don't think we're quite there yet, but it's human nature. We see it in sport, you you, you adjust to being just as good as you need to be at times whereas last season i'm not sure that that was necessarily the case it was insatiable and it was relentless um funnily enough it's clearly we have not seeing many signs of that um but i think you know coming up this 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 stretch of games here um hibs hearts aberdeen at home with celtic going away and we record is just abominable um if something can click then yes, we we've got a difficult December with this is kind of turned around, but it could begin into December with a cushion. With just it's it's an arm's length kind of thing. I think that's a win. different oh, way to, to play football oh. and it's a different way to, to treat these games. I will um, openly
0: say this. I think Rangers can win the league this October and November. I
1: really do. I think that
0: you, you talked about it a lot last year. Scoreboard pressure because. Oh yeah. I think Ranger I mean, don't get me wrong, we'll start uh, if we were to collapse in December and not kick our arse till the end of the season, oh, but, but you know what I mean. I think that we can put up such a challenge that legs to go the season yeah. can, can won't be able to come you know, psychologically we'll be nah. will be broken.
1: No, absolutely not. And it means you go into that December thing, which is brutal. Um with just a, a completely different mindset if that that you know those next five, six weeks goes um the way it it possibly could. If it doesn't though and if we're still sleepwalking into these games um then all of a sudden the winter becomes a completely different picture because you're you're stuck right in the middle of something and it might not just be a, a two horse race at that time. So you'll have other clubs with a real sense of challenge, a real sense of purpose. Um and listen, it, it, as always, the, the team in the driving seat, and that is us now, it is up to them. And if, if us uh, as, as a group, we as a group, um, are able to just, again, just move through the levels that we have, then we will be fine because look at what's you know what else is uh, around us. If we can't, um, then, then, yeah, I think it, it, it's getting... Dragged into something um, that we've we've maybe not 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 seen for for quite a while, and it's yes whether we are able to do that. And I think Saturday by uh, Sunday, sorry, is a a big test, an interesting test, an interesting signal as to 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 what we're able to do. Wouldn't surprise me at all if we really did turn up because there's there's something about the game. We built like the different game with those slightly different circumstances. Back to the wall players missing blah 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 but um hopefully just around Rangers team going right here's what we have in front of us um let's put on a show um because if we don't uh, it, it could get uh, could get quite nervy.
0: yeah i mean i think initially the the challenge likes of Hib's hearts um but every year i feel or every, at least every couple of years a side, you know, a reasonably big Scottish side makes a start like this, be it Hibs Hearts, Aberdeen, whatever, and people speak about it, and I just don't believe it, I never do, uh, and I won't believe it until I see it happen, um, and I haven't seen it happen since 1985, so that's why I just, I, it, it's in the past, you know, it's it's science fiction, uh, somebody not called Rangers or Celtic winning the Scottish League titles, I don't believe it that's not to say that right now it doesn't mean it's a difficult game but there's two it reasons it. It. One, well, no, there's two it one is squad and the other one is I don't think, they believe it I think the ambition of a hubs or a Hearts is to pip Celtic to second, I think if you, you spoke to them that's what they would tell you that, look, that we think we've got an outside, an outside chance of maybe pinching a Champions League qualification spot, that is it I, I just don't believe Scottish football and I don't see it changing for well until something different happens
1: no i I wouldn't disagree with that and and, and that's not really what i'm saying i just mean they could be a lot more relevant than they they usually are and the kingmakers can be a kind of genuine phrase again um as the season goes on you're absolutely right by september october there is always someone that's at a good start to the season you're like oh well that could be a wee tricky game at, at this moment um but I'm just thinking about our levels. Um scraping past against St Johnson, scraping past against Dundee, failing to put Motherwell away at home. Um obviously the the defeat at Tana Dex, was a bit of a freak goal and, but again the the performance was garbage. So again it is about us. Um but I'm yeah I, there's reasons to be a little concerned judging what we've, we've seen. This can't go on forever. Games like McDermott Parton and Denz Us picking up three points and being as bad as that. Giving opportunities away as often and as good as that. That can't continue. So the as we sat and we had a perfectly pleasant weekend in the end, i say, well, you know, sign a champions, And it is a sign of a strong team to, to manage to, to, to do that. But if that's the pattern, those results will change because that that can't continue. So I, I I would agree with you in terms of what's coming up, October, November, um, will, will tell us an awful lot.
0: Yeah, and I think the the reason for this is the fact that I think what a lot of people predicted, not just Rangers fans, uh, even some Celtic fans, and then, understandably, Celtic supporters and the media kind of deluded themselves after a couple of victories by Celtic, a couple of, you know, as Martin would say, taking the bins out against absolute dross. Uh aren't dross, but when they're down to ten men for seventy minutes, then yeah, you'd expect and I think that the problems that anybody from outside Scottish football who was looking at it would identify with Celtic are very much coming to the fore. That they play this style of football that they don't really have the players for. Um you cannot play a very physical, really quick high tempo game when your midfield is Turnbull, McCarthy, and Brodick. There's not a an athlete among them and that team's, you know, far too open and I, I it's strong button vibes for me, Martin, that they had those good couple of results and you think, wow, whenever he was clicking and their key players were in form and then the other teams in the league have a look and go, right, this is how they play, sort out a way to play against it and ask the question of can you come and beat us when we're at our most kind of stubborn Um, and they can't and, you know, one point worse off than than was at this time is something that's getting thrown up a lot. And look, I'm not saying that Postecoglou might not get it right in a couple of seasons. He might, but he's not getting it right this season and not with that squad. Against that, though, as I mentioned, my worry is that Rangers take a wee bit too much comfort in that. It's alright for us to do that, by the way, folks. We're fans. We're allowed. Yeah, are yeah. We we're allowed to do that. We we are right, but I. <laughs> There is absolutely no way Rangers should not win this title this year. I'm sorry, there just is not the level of opposition. Rangers have a title-winning squad it kept together. It did add to it, and we can all say about, oh, we should have added this, that, or the other, but it did add to it. The management team is in place. There's 40 million quid on the line here. This is the most, you know, the prize money indirectly for this title is more than any other in Scottish football. It's a game changer for us financially for the next five to 10 years. It simply has to be done and the players are better than they're shown. And it's surely more fun when they're playing at their best and going out and winning 4 5 now anyway. But we'll see. Um, that's all to come in the next few weeks. I would still far rather be sat in our position than anyone else's, let me tell you that right now, because, as I mentioned last week, I think that a side who have shown form consistently in the past, which Rangers did last season, uh, who aren't playing well, then I think you're allowed to believe they will play well again. Whereas a side that have never shown that, then you're kind of doing it based on faith, based on hope, not based on evidence. And I don't think we are doing that. Mm. We travelled to Prague on Thursday night to what I suspect were a rather strange game. Um, Sparta Prague have a stadium closure due to, checks, notes, races chanting. Um, however, UEFA have allowed a kind of strange halfway house where groups of kids will be allowed in. Um, with them, so be one of those strange, kind of high-pitched <laughs> atmospheres that you get when that happens Rangers started off the Europa League now, Rangers haven't played well in Europe at all this season, um, we were not good against Malmo, either leg, we were really bad against Alex Caret in both matches, I thought, um, a very poor side, Caret, thankfully, got the job done just about, Leon, we were okay, but there was a gap and you could see it and I don't think Leon were fully extended in the way that teams of that stature have been coming to Ibrox recently. This is a new thing for this squad, Martin. They've always started the group stage well, even to reach in Villarreal that, that, that time a couple of years ago. This is the first time that they've been on the catch-up.
1: Yeah, very interesting situation. New dynamic to a situation that, that generally is, is becoming familiar, being in... Um, the, the group stages of Europa League. Of course, uh, we talked around Leon that we, we were we were all right, uh, but they, they did have levels above us. But in general, uh, the, the night was quite flat um, compared to if we had been in the Champions League for the first time um, uh, in how many years? That week. Ibrox would have like been then, yeah. absolutely bouncing. And it was just a right, this again. Okay. And I do worry that there's maybe just a kind of plateau of, of, of that that energy and excitement because you know, Rangers Leon up with, with Leverkusen um probably the best teams we've we'll, we'll faced, but you know, Benfica won't be far off that um portal final as well, Villarreal of course. And we approach those games with such a kind of freedom. Um it's even even if and sometimes especially when we were behind. Um you know, nothing to lose we're on the upward curve kind of thing battling against um teams that we consider to be way 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 above this uh, our station yet and there's just a wee bit of freedom there and we, we were we were great fun um, i mean some you know, really really promising results and, and maybe we've just accepted and we're right we're, well this is where we are this is where we should be and i go back to this this just kind of mental energy that the the contest generates and I'm, I'm not sure that it's there um, so the management team are going to have to do that themselves it's going to have to be generated from within the camp because um, there's nothing extra special about this anymore, it's the fourth year and we, you know, we're behind We're effectively going into a kind of four game group maybe uh, with with the other uh, two sides yeah, because Leon yeah, are or, or just that bit better. Um, but you know, but I just I thought this is quite precarious. It will be weird. It'll be like a, a Scotland international friendly from the early nineties with them out exactly
0: of, um, like that. Yeah,
1: kids. will be in. Um, wouldn't surprise me if, if some of those uh bus certificates were like the the Saudi Arabian types in nineteen eighty nine as well. Um, but. Yeah, it's yet another... This season's about new questions for this group. How do you cope with being champions? How do you cope with being champions when you feel you are much better than the rest? How much do you want to be a multiple title-winning Rangers team? Because I know this first one was hugely emotional, hugely famous, but the proper ones go and do it again. They retain. Mm. How much do you want that? Um... Right, it's the Europa League again, great. Well, how much do you want to go further than you've ever gone before? It's about generating some internal challenges because the actual contest challenges aren't new, they aren't fresh, they aren't as exciting.
0: They aren't what they were.
1: No. Um, So that's the reality. I don't think it, I think that's unfair think it's controversial. It might jar um, to some listeners, but I I, I think that's, that's certainly how it feels. Uh, there's a lot of going through the motions a lot of treading water um, so this this whole thing um, this whole season is is about new questions and I, so many of those have to come from within because it's not the external stimuli it's how much do you want to go and do more and um, or are you still waiting you're still wearing your, your 55 t-shirt and and all of that um, so it's just a new challenge for this, this this management group and I think we're entering a, a, a new phase of the season um, and I think there's going to be some interesting questions to answer
0: but very much looking forward to it because, yeah. as Martin said uh, earlier, the fact is we are sitting there six points clear of Celtic at the top of the table and we haven't played well yet and I don't think it's unfair to say and when we do play well, my goodness, uh, things could be pretty nice indeed. So just do it, Rangers. Right, that'll do us for this week on the flagship. We'll be back, of course, next week to analyse all the matches. My thanks to our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers and my thanks to the wonderful Martin Ramsey.
1: Pleasure as always, David.
0: You can hear more from Martin and you can hear more from me if you go to our subscription site, which is patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where from just £1.99, we're giving it away for money, but not very much money. Uh, You can get up to five shows every single day on all things Rangers. Right, thank you for joining me. And until then, enjoy Thursday night. Full analysis over on Heart and Hand and Patreon. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?